You're listening to the Well Women Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's cycle health educator. Together, we're normalizing periods, cracking open real body talk, and femme rising the future. I'm here to remind you that your body is amazing. You can achieve balance, and body confidence all begins with your menstrual cycle. Get ready, beautiful. You're about to learn how to confidently reconnect with your body and discover your unique flow. This is episode 93. How well do you know your liver? Did you know that your liver actually plays a huge role in your entire endocrine system, including the balance of your hormones? In this episode, I'm joined by Fran Dargaville, and it's all about liver health for healthy hormone balance. So Fran, our guest today, is a degree-qualified functional nutritionist with a passion for real food, gut health, and making healthy living fun and easy. Fran has a functional approach to nutrition, which means she identifies the root cause of the body signs and symptoms to build a resilient body and ditch frustrating symptoms for life. Fran sees her clients both online and in person in her clinic in Avalon in Northern Beaches, Sydney. You can connect with Fran and check her out whilst we're chatting in this episode over on Instagram at Fran, F-R-A-N, Dargaville, D-A-R-G-A-V-I-L-L-E. In this episode, we talk about the liver and gut health relationship how the liver actually functions, including the importance of bile in the liver process, the importance of understanding your hormone balance and how your liver plays a large role in the balance of your hormones, including excess estrogen, testosterone, and other hormones, the daily liver health foundations that you can implement on a day-to-day basis to have a healthy liver. We also chat about what to eliminate for healthy liver along with optimal hormone function. This is a really juicy episode about getting to know your liver, and I think you're going to love some of the analogies and laughter points of this episode. Before we jump into it, I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by the Well Women Academy. Well Women Academy is a weekly membership where together we study menstrual cycles, holistic health, and how to reconnect with your body. Every month, our Well Women access members-only, self-paced educational content across a wide range of formats, including written, video, audio, and guided home study. Led by myself and other pioneering guest teachers, together we cover fields of ancestral health, Ayurveda, sexuality, sensuality, holistic health, and lots more. This is your chance to join an international supportive community of women to discover your cycle, your body, ignite your inner intuition, and illuminate your life. It's like no other in the world. Not to mention, it's cheaper than your daily coffee fix. Learn more and join us at wellsome.com forward slash academy. That's W-E-L-L-S-O-M-E dot com forward slash academy. Fran, welcome back to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to be back. I loved having you on our first episode. And if the listeners have not checked it out, Fran joined us and talked all about gut health and hormones and it was really wonderful. So you have to scroll back in the episodes to find that. But before we get into this episode though, Fran, tell us what day of your cycle you're on and what are you checking in with in this moment? I am on day 11 of my cycle. What am I checking in with? Hmm, That is a good question. I suppose I'm just reconnecting to nature today, actually. Being, um, I'm out at Mudgee, which is out in the country. So I've been for some nice walks, checked out a waterfall on the property this morning. So yeah, just checking in with um, myself and, and um, connecting to nature again today. Oh, I love that. Isn't it refreshing? 
Oh, so refreshing. It's like filling. I know some people, this is the worst analogy ever, Gemma. Some people are like, oh, it's like pouring my morning cup of coffee. Now, I don't drink coffee at all. Never have, never liked it. So it's a weird analogy for me to use, but it's kind of like pouring your heart, like pouring into your heart, like warmth. <laughs> That's what like totally. actually going to nature is like. Totally is. Yeah. Oh, so funny. Um, Fran, we're talking all about liver health today in this episode. Now, I know that you're a functional nutritionist, but a lot of people don't know that. So, so share with our listeners who you are and what it is that you do. Yeah, absolutely. So as you said, I am a functional nutritionist, which basically involves getting to the root cause of any dysfunction in the body. So whether that is, um, you know, skin issues, could be acne uh, or other hormonal imbalances or um, digestive issues is what I predominantly work with, things like IBS and other digestive symptoms like reflux and diarrhea and constipation. Um, But it, it really involves looking at the whole picture of our health and all of our body systems and also our environment and our stress levels and all of these different factors and peeling back all of the layers to help us find optimal health for each of us as an individual. Oh, I love that last line, finding Mm -hmm. optimal health for each of us as an individual, because we are individual, right? And I think that's a, like, let me ask a question on that. I know you see a lot of people, like you said, for, for gut health reasons, Is everyone's gut the same? In ways, yes, and in ways, no. So I think, I mean, obviously people that have had all these different surgery and having different organs removed, and of course that definitely changes things. Mm -hmm. But I think, you know, overall our anatomy and physiology is, is the same, I suppose, but it varies so much from person to person. And, you know, as I mentioned, that's for lifestyle reasons, dietary reasons, Um, And also we all just function a little bit differently. You know, some people might just have a tendency towards uh, having a sluggish digestion and, you know, getting constipated all the time. Some people might have more of a tendency towards the opposite. So we do have, you know, a lot of similarities, but there are also subtle differences between us all as well. I love that you mentioned that, hence why I asked, (laughs) because... I feel that a lot of women in general, and I know like I target a lot, like in my work with like cycle awareness and cycle coaching and contraceptive stuff. But it's funny that a lot of women think that we're all the same. And so like when when my app tells me that I ovulate at this particular time of my cycle, that's when I ovulate, right? But we're so uniquely different and the gut is always uniquely different based on how you treat the gut, right? Yeah. So good. But okay. Let's segue. How does the gut link with the liver? And because we're going to talk about liver health and liver function, how uh, do the gut and the liver kind of work together? I think they're kind of like best friends. I describe them as like bananas in pajamas, like B1 and B2. They're like really good when they work well together and not good when they're not working together. Um, But like, how do they work together? Like, are they best friends? Okay, so we really want the gut and liver to be best friends, but they're not always best friends, unfortunately. So um, the the gut and liver are very, very much connected in lots of different ways. Uh, So one of the ways that we are able to detoxify and, you know, get things moving, toxins out of the digestive tract is uh, with our bile flow. And bile is actually produced in the liver and, uh, and stored in the gallbladder. And that is, you know, as I said, that's one of the ways that we are able to actually eliminate toxins. So we really need our bile to be flowing and we really need our uh, digestive function to be working 
properly. So we need to be having between one and three bowel movements um, every day to be able to properly um, get rid of excess hormones and um, you know toxins in the body through the digestive tract. So yes, they absolutely work together. And there are many other ways outside of that as well, but that's really um, one of the key ways that I would say they are um, working in tandem. Awesome. Let's talk about bile because it sounds vile when we talk about bile. (laughs) (laughs) What, like, just briefly explain what bile is, because I know, you know, there's a lot of listeners who are kind of hearing about this stuff for the first time. And if it's so vitally important for our bile to flow, like what is bile? Yeah. So bile is hugely important. And this is one of the things that is really underrated and undervalued in the conventional medical system you know a lot of people come to me who have had their gallbladder removed and um, you know in a lot of cases they believe in the functional world that it is actually possible to uh, you know save the gallbladder if you get in there early and you're properly supporting your liver health and your gallbladder health and your digestive function Um, so yeah, as I, as I mentioned, bile is uh, helps with emulsifying fats, um, breaking down fats, and we really want to be eating plenty of fats to have optimal health. You know, there's many different important roles of, of fats in the body. So, um, and when we don't have adequate adequate bile flow and bile production, then our digestive system can be very sluggish we're not able to properly break down fat so that can cause um, feelings of nausea and and those kind of things and also uh, we're not actually flushing out the toxins properly so bile is just one of those things that is very very important and very beneficial for our health um, but definitely underrated and it's also it's not really a cool or interesting thing to talk about so yeah no one's talking about it (laughs) hey let's get together and talk about our bile production yeah how how is your bile flowing today (laughs) (laughs) i know talking about like gut health and kombucha and those kinds kind of things sound a lot more interesting than you know having your daily bowel movement and you know getting the bile flowing well Mm, totally you mentioned about flushing out toxins um i think like I want to touch on that topic, but before we go there, you know, now we now have a bit of a better picture about how the gut and the liver work together, but what is the liver's responsibility when it comes to endocrine system health? Like I was going to say menstrual cycle health, because really that's, you know, what a lot of people come here to listen to, but in general, the whole endocrine system, so the whole reproductive system, you know, how important is the liver, the liver's health for a healthy endocrine system? It is incredibly important and for lots of different reasons. So one of the primary roles of the liver is uh, detoxification, basically. So it filters chemicals and toxins and also hormones as well. So so that's a really important role, but it also stores vitamins and minerals and um, and iron and, and sugar and all of these different things, which also play a role in our endocrine health as well. So that is just another way that um, it's very important that we have proper liver function. Um, So yeah, I mean, there's many more ways than that, but they're probably two of the main ways that are really related to, um, to our endocrine health. Super important. Now, understanding that with endocrine health, let's talk about hormones, because obviously hormones come from the endocrine system. 
what like one of the things I see a lot and I hear a lot from the Well Women Academy is excess estrogen and how can I get rid of excess estrogen? I know that the liver plays an important role in that. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. So I mentioned that liver, the liver is basically, you know, um, our primary way of detoxifying. So that goes for any, uh, you know, any chemicals, I suppose, that are circulating in the body. So that could be things like alcohol. Uh, it could be things like, you know, pesticides in our food. It could be uh, chemicals that are in our personal care and, and, you know, cleaning products and that sort of thing. Uh, but yes, it also goes for excess hormones as well. Uh, so we really want to make sure that the liver is functioning optimally uh, so that it is able to actually process these hormones and then um, basically pass it along to be eliminated by our different detoxification systems in the body. So that is really, really important. We want to, you know, make sure that we're actually able to eliminate those excess hormones, whether it be estrogen, um, you know, a very common one when we're experiencing these kind of hormonal symptoms. And I'm suspecting that's what you would see a lot of in your, mm. uh, in your work. Um, and also, you know, excess uh, or dominance of other hormones as well, like even, you know, testosterone and these, basically any buildup of, of any hormones or toxins in the body um, can be assisted by supporting our liver function. Oh, the liver. It's quite important, isn't it? I like to think of the liver as like the mothership of the body. <laughs> you have the best analogies. <laughs> well, it's kind of like if your liver's up shit creek, the rest of your health is going to be up shit creek too. And I think, you know, I know I really wanted to explain and kind of open up the conversation about like having excess hormones in your body because women, you know, that leads to a lot of imbalances in their cycle. That leads to heavy periods, period pain. Um, it can lead to, you know, breast tenderness, you know, um, sore boobs, acne. Like the list is huge. Even mood swings can sometimes come from your hormonal imbalances. And I think what happens, Fran, in what I've seen, and we're talking about this before we hit record, that a lot of women kind of get so stuck on, okay, I've got too much, like I got my bloods done and I've got more estrogen than I need in my body right now. It's kind of in excess. So I just have to focus on eliminating my excess estrogen. But when I see that, I'm like, okay, if that's happening just for your estrogen and I know that it links back to your liver because your liver is obviously not helping flush that excess hormone out, what's your liver health doing for other aspects of your health? Yeah. So like the, I guess a good question around this is, is that if a woman's listening to this and she's like, oh, look, I really need to focus on balancing out my hormones, when we look at the liver health aspect of that, is it really important to just focus on the one thing about like eliminating that one estrogen or balancing out that testosterone? Yeah, so I think there's definitely merit to doing that, but we also really need to be aware of the entire picture of health. So the question that I would ask is, how did that estrogen become, you know, come to be in excess in the first place? Good question. <laughs> so, and that's going to be different for all of us. So yes, we want to deal with that by, you know, supporting liver function and finding ways to help our body detoxify. But also there's a reason that you have excess estrogen. And, and what is that? You know, what um, are you under loads of stress in your life? And that's contributing to that. Do you have um, poor digestive function and you're only having a bowel movement once a week? 
Um, are you, you know, you're not moving your body daily. You're, um, you know, there's just so many different factors, the um, products that we're using on our, on our skin and what's in our environment that can put our body under stress and inhibit our body's ability to detoxify. So you can go down the rabbit hole taking all of these, um, you know, specific supplements to um, help with your estrogen dominance or balance your hormones or whatever that is. But if you are still putting all of the nasty chemicals onto your skin, if you're still super stressed and you're not getting enough sleep, if you're still, uh, you know, only having a bowel movement once a week, then you're not actually getting to the root cause. You're just chucking another Band-Aid on it and it's not going to get your results in the long term. Dude, if you're listening to this and you didn't hear that clearly, you need to rewind and re-listen to that because what I'm hearing you say, Fran, is you need to eliminate before you introduce. 100%. Because I feel, you know, working with women, I see that, like, and I've been in the same position too, yeah? You know, recently, like, I had hives and the first thing that most people would do, so this is the average population, would be like, okay, I've broken out in hives. What can I do to fix the hives? And they would go, okay, what can I do? What can I put on my skin? What can I take that's going to help get rid of the hives? Whereas what, what about looking at, hang on, what in my body has contributed to creating the hives? What can I eliminate and remove? And that's exactly how I treat, treated my hives. It's like, what can you eliminate before you introduce? Because look, we all know that cruciferous vegetables, drinking lots of lemon, having dandelion tea is really good for your liver health, but that's not good if you're eating fatty foods, right? Hmm. yeah so what would you suggest if a lady is or a woman or a male whoever whatever your gender because we all have a liver we all have a mothership is what would you suggest you know if, if someone's wanting to work on their liver health like what are the foundational things that they can do that are kind of simple because I feel like they're going to be simple that will support their liver health yeah absolutely so you know as I, as I mentioned, we do need to support the foundations of health. But that being said, sometimes if you are experiencing, you know, terrible uh, PMS symptoms and, you know, sore boobs and, uh, you know, mood swings and all those kind of things and it's unbearable, then you can do both of these things at once. You know, you can focus on the foundations and also take that, you know, targeted approach to supporting your hormones at the same time, it doesn't have to be either or. It's just that it can feel like a lot if you're going to do both of those things at once. So we definitely don't want to just go down the hormones route. We want to make sure that we're doing both the foundations and the hormonal route. Um, but yeah, if you're ready to jump all in, then go for both of those aspects and support the foundations and, um, and support your um, hormones as well. So some of the really simple things are really, really effective when it comes to liver health. So eating a whole foods diet, whatever that looks like for you. So, you know, as I mentioned, the impact of um, buildup of toxins, we want to try and um, minimize our exposure to toxins through the food that we eat. So if you can get organic fruit and veggies and you know anything else that you're eating um, that is great because that's going to you know be aiming to reduce your exposure to to pesticides and those kind of things um, so whole organic foods as much as possible also supporting your blood sugar levels because when we are having lots of 
sugar and carbohydrates and we're not having adequate fats and proteins to support our healthy um, blood sugar regulation, that also creates a burden on the liver. So these are really big picture things, but they really, really help. Also stress management as well, that also helps with blood sugar regulation and that's also going to help with your liver. And stress management is a huge, um, a huge piece and it can be one of the most challenging things to um, to do and to you know get on top of so that can look like meditation and getting out in nature um, and also um, you know living a life that you enjoy and Gemma I know you do lots of these things you know spending time by the ocean and uh, getting outdoors and all of those things can, that can really help with our, our stress management as well um, so they're some of the main sort of big picture pillars of health that we want to focus on in terms of liver support. Uh, and there's also lots of sort of little things as well, uh, you know, like specific types. We've spoken a bit about like dandelion tea and these kind of things, beetroots, beet kvass, um, coffee enemas as well, all these kind of things that can be great. However, if you're just doing the coffee enemas or you're just doing the dandelion greens, and you are not getting on top of your sleep and your stress management, then you're essentially wasting your time and money. They kind of cancel themselves out, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's really like someone going, but I take all the right nutritional products, but I still eat deep fried chips two or three times a week. Totally. It's like you're either, you don't have to be all in, but you need to be majority in like, kind of semi-committed to like 80 plus percent. Um, I just had a thought. You mentioned coffee enemas. Now, I've done lots of enemas in my time and had lots of colonics and all of that stuff. I feel like that would be such a great topic to have on the podcast, like a whole episode dedicated to understanding a coffee enema, just enemas in general. Um, really good points, Fran. I Especially around stress management, I wrote, like I wrote a note whilst you were talking that I can guarantee that if you are having challenges with your cycle health in some way, shape or form, it's linked back to stress. And that might not even be like perceived stress, like what's actually happening in your life, but it's like old stress that's still stored in your body. And so your body's muscle memory, so to speak, is reacting that way in the way that you sleep, in the way that you breathe in your yoga class or any of those things. So Stress is such like, I'm just thinking like it's a whole, it's a whole section of your health, <laughs> you know? Um, so thanks for mentioning that. Really important. Let's talk about some of the other things that we can eliminate because I know there's probably going to be women listening to this are quite masculine. So they want to know that just give me the list. I want to do it. I'll be driven and I'll be focused and I'll, I'll tick it all off. But what are the core things that you would eliminate? I know you mentioned about minimizing like food toxic exposure and cutting back on like, you know, stuff in your skincare and whatnot. Is it true that all that stuff really ends up in your liver? Yeah, a hundred percent. I think that's the thing we think, um, you know, that's why I find it so fascinating talking about makeup and, uh, you know, natural body care products and all of that kind of thing, because there's lots of good options out there, but also, you know, it's just, so detached for so many of us that these things that we put onto our skin could have anything to do with our liver health and our hormonal function. You know, that makeup that you're putting onto your skin could actually 
be impacting your your monthly cycle and how that presents for you so don't think that these things are separate these things are definitely interconnected and we need to be aware of of the big picture and i know when you start to learn about this it can feel really overwhelming because you're like oh my gosh i'm putting all this makeup on my skin every day i'm, I'm using this deodorant and i'm cleaning with bleach at home and all of these things and it can seem like a lot to change at once and it is a lot to change at once and you don't need to change it all at once um but we just want to start to be aware of where we're getting this um, toxic exposure so i mentioned um, pesticides in your food so minimizing your exposure to pesticides and also preservatives uh colors flavors additives those kind of things because they can really really add up and they contribute to that burden on the liver also alcohol is another big one and i think a lot of us can start to be really aware about what we're eating and our diet and you know maybe even start to go low tox and we're still a little bit in denial about the whole you know impact of alcohol on our blood red wine has resveratrol in it it's good for <laughs> exactly. you right? and it's biodynamics so it's <laughs> fine <laughs> but that's something we need to be mindful of right because that's another thing that's creating a burden on the liver which is going to make it more challenging to eliminate you know that excess estrogen or whatever you have building up in your body um, so we've covered sort of the food side of things and um, and alcohol, there's also medication and birth control and, um, you know, NSAIDs and those kind of things that uh, also have to be processed by the liver and also create a burden on the body. Um, and obviously you need to consult with your doctor if you want to go off any medication, but that's just another thing to be aware of that that could be having an impact on your health. Of course, you know, birth control for different reasons as well, but also because that's another thing that needs to be uh, processed by the liver. Um, and then, yeah, as I mentioned, makeup, um, personal care products, your deodorant, your cleaning products, um, and basically anything potentially toxic in your environment. There's so many things to begin to be aware of so you can just sort of pick one area to work on at once because it can definitely feel like a lot it's kind of like the emoji with the mind exploding <laughs> it's like where totally. do I start I, I I know exactly how this feels because when I discovered I had leaky gut I had just before I discovered I had leaky gut I read a really amazing book about skin health and it was funny my mum brought me this book actually teach this in the skin masterclass that you like that's available on my website but yeah my mum brought me this book when I was 18 I was like denial I've got mum I'm 18 I don't have fucking wrinkles <laughs> and so I didn't read it until I was 22 and I'd, I'd like broken up with a very long-term partner at the time and you know I was like oh wow actually I could kind of clean up all this stuff and so I cleaned up all my skincare I started making it all thinking oh well this stuff's going in my body and it's affecting my skin I never thought about it with the liver right or even the gut but I asked the question to your early friend about you know does what we put on our skin really end up in our liver and I think a lot of people don't truly understand and that's maybe because you haven't studied it at university but you don't need to you just need to understand that everything you put in and on your body has the potential to end up in your liver. I don't, I don't know if that's a good line, but that's kind of the way that I kind of see it. Um, but with, um, with all these things that you can eliminate, it's kind of like what you were saying, 
about the alcohol, and we had a little giggle about that, is that it's not that the alcohol is bad. And tell me if I'm wrong. This is just my thought. It's not that the alcohol is bad, but it is it more so how your liver responds to the alcohol? Yeah, I totally. Okay, so alcohol, you know, I think there's just a context for everything. So if, for example, you were living on a beach and uh, eating, you know, organic foods and everything was unprocessed and your life was very relaxing and you never had any stress, then, you know, drinking a few glasses of wine every night might have, you know, basically no impact because it's not that burden off. Sorry, what's that place called? I'd really like to visit it. Yeah, me too. It sounds great. (laughs) Um, Yeah, basically, you know, when there's not that burden on the liver, it can properly do its job, process that alcohol um, and eliminate it through our various detoxification pathways. And that's fine. You know, you can get on with your life. You're able to, uh, you know, continue eating your food, getting about your life. Your liver's just doing its job and it's not overburdened, basically. Um, However just the way that we live our modern lives. So we're sleep starved, we're eating processed foods, we're wearing toxic makeup, all of these things add up. And then you add in alcohol on top of that. And that is creating that burden, which makes it really, really challenging for our liver to keep up. So it's really all about the context. And, you know, I think with everything, you know, nothing has to be clear cut, good or bad, you know, with food, um, with alcohol, all of these things. It's all about the context of your life and how those things make you feel. And there are some times in your life, if you're experiencing hormonal dysfunction, if you're experiencing period issues or gut issues or any of those kind of things, that you may need to, you know, give up the alcohol for a little while. You may really need to look at all your cleaning products, look at your uh, personal care products, your makeup, and really, you know, get rid of all the crap. But if you are feeling good and you're generally taking care of yourself, then you are, you might have a bit more tolerance in your liver function when it's working optimally. You know, you may be able to handle a bit of alcohol and these kind of things. I have to interrupt this episode to let you know that today is sponsored by my brand new five-day Love Your Cycle mini course. A simplified self-paced course to teach you the foundations and fundamentals of your menstrual cycle in under a week. Receive daily educational class videos and audios, along with action steps, a cycle tracking guide, cycle prompts, and my Love Your Cycle 50-page ebook. This is your chance to discover everything you wish they had have taught you at school about your cycle, how to eat, how to move, honoring your emotions, and identifying PMS and cycle signs before they arise. It's now your turn to join over 300 women from around the world who have already taken this course to reclaim and reconnect with their bodies. And you can do this too in under a week for less than a fancy vegan burger. To learn more, visit wellsome.com forward slash shop. And to thank you for being an amazing listener of this podcast, I want to offer you a 20% off voucher code. Use the code CYCLELOVE at checkout to save. It's kind of like that saying, all in moderation. Yeah. But it's a good sign, you know, if your body's singing to you with like challenges in like hormonal dysfunction, acne, um, you know, gut, gut digestive challenges, it's kind of like, well, maybe, maybe my body just wants a break. 
and yep. it needs the break so it can catch up on all the work it's got to do. <laughs> um, totally. But these are really great points, Fran. Like, just to reiterate, like, go over the list. It's going to say reiterate around what you said to eliminate. Like, we've got pesticides, pretty much any food with numbers in it. Literally, if you don't know the number, then your body's not going to know it either. Alcohol, um, medication, even, and then you said birth control. I just listed it out as hormonal birth control because there's so many different forms of birth control. But what you put on your body and in your body can affect your body. And so that's how you, what you breathe in, you know, as you walk past a cigarette smoker in the street, that really irritates me, by the way. Um, <laughs> or, you know, you choose, like, no one is going to rub stuff on your skin without your permission. And I always say, friend, that burgers aren't just going to fly in your mouth. You have to place them there. Like, no, you know, when you go to, you know, when you go to concerts and they have like the guns with like t-shirts stuffed them in there, like they shoot them out into the crowd. Like no one is in front of you with a burger. Just be like, bang, eat this burger. You know, you, you ultimately get to choose what goes in and on your body. And I think it's really important to just make wise decisions. And if you're listening to this and you're like, look, I want to do all the things Fran has suggested. I just want to do them all right now. I would suggest just start with what you put in your body. Once you do that and you kind of feel good with that, then work on what you put on your body. And then once you've worked on what you put on your body, then look at what you put in your house. And then once you've got your house kind of sorted out, then look at like what your environment is, like where you work and what kind of how you breathe when you're putting the petrol or the diesel in your car. Um, I don't know. Is that a good tip? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, I mean, if you, I think if you want to start with the things, um, you know, like that you put on your skin as well and makeup and that kind of thing, it's just, you know, when you chuck out your next thing, you know, when your next tube of mascara or toothpaste or whatever ends, then find a better replacement. You know, that's a really easy way of doing things. Um, and with the food, I think definitely just starting with the food, I think a lot of people start there. And I think, um it's a big area and it's, I know it's a huge challenge to transition to a whole foods diet, depending on, on where you're at, but it can have a huge impact. And once you start to feel good and you get that positive feedback from doing that, then it makes it so much more um, exciting to make all of these other changes as well. And I'm sure, you know, speaking for myself, it's taken me years to look at all these different layers and, you know, peel away all the different layers and you just can't do it all at once. And it's, it's just not possible. So I, I really like the approach that you, that you gave there. I think that's really helpful. This is a tortoise race, not a hair race, right? Like your liver health, you don't want to be 80 and mean like, God, I wish when I was back in my 25th year or my 40th year that I, you know, better understood my liver health. Um, like slow and steady does win the race with your liver health um but what you were just like mentioning fran about you know your approach and how it's taken time we're nearly out of time by the way but i'd love to hear you know i'm sure the listeners would too what is like an average day on your plate look like if you were focusing on liver health to kind of give it some context um you know, maybe let's talk about what it might look like during the week and then what it might look like on the weekend. Yeah, absolutely. So there are so many different things. And I think the good thing about, you know, eating whole foods and getting hydrated and managing your stress levels, that supports your liver function, that supports your gut health and digestive function, 
it's going to support you know energy levels it's going to support your skin health it has so many different flow and effects so i can look at this from the lens of liver health but just know that all of these things they're not just for your liver they're basically for your overall wellness and health if you focus <laughs> on your liver health you'll be focusing on overall health really pretty much yes exactly yeah, so um, for me, I always start with a large glass of uh, warm water with a little bit of fresh lemon juice. Um, and I'll often just chuck some good quality salt in there as well, just for some minerals and electrolytes. Just um, so it's nice. Yeah, a little bit of, yeah. little bit of sazz in there. Yeah, no one, no one really likes salt in their water, but you get used to it. Um, and yeah, so the lemon is really basically can get those digestive juices going, also support uh, that healthy bile flow that we spoke about as well. Um, so if you have trouble having regular bowel movements um, or you just feel like your digestion is a bit sluggish and you get bloated, that's something that can help. So that's definitely worth a try. Um, so that's that's how I will start my day. And um generally doing some sort of movement as well, which really helps with, uh, you know, getting your digestive function moving and having regular bowel movements as well. That's not really why I do it, but it helps. <laughs> if the kids are not coming, get moving. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, um, yeah, having that, that combination of the lemon water and the movement first thing in the morning is really, really great for that elimination. Um, and then also balancing my blood sugar levels through food as well. So making sure that what I have, I, I do have breakfast. I have played around with intermittent fasting and that, that kind of thing. But when we're trying to support our blood sugar levels to support healthy liver function, it's important to eat breakfast and also eat a balanced breakfast. Like a piece of toast isn't balanced breakfast. We want to aim to have healthy fats and proteins in there to support healthy blood sugar levels. Um, and that's going to support liver function as well. So I always just, you know, we'll chuck in, um, if I'm having something on the sweeter side, I'll just try, try and chuck in some, you know, good quality ghee or maybe some collagen and these kind of things. So I'm getting the fats and protein as well. Um, or, you know, have something like um, eggs or leftovers or something that does contain healthy fats and proteins. Um, and also leafy greens. So mm -hmm. I try and have these at, you know, breakfast, lunch and dinner if I'm having a savoury breakfast. Otherwise, um, at least two meals of the day, having some sort of dark leafy greens is super supportive for so good. gut health. Yeah, absolutely. And um, beetroots as well. That's another great thing to get into your diet to support that healthy bile flow. So whether that's just some grated beetroot in a salad or uh, roasted beetroot, uh, or, you know, beetroot juice, beet kvass, all of those things that uh, are really great as well. So I like to get that in a couple of times a week. The leafy greens is at least once a day, generally twice yeah. a day at least. Um, so there are a couple of the main things. Also stress management, as I mentioned, this is a lifelong practice for me, working on managing stress. I have think for everybody. Just, yeah, I just, yeah, I feel like I'm super sensitive to that and I really have to be on top of it. So doing things that I don't necessarily always want to do, I always want to just get on top of my work, get on top of my to-do list. But instead, when I actually do 20 minutes of yoga nidra in the afternoon, uh, or take a nap and those kind of things, that's when I actually feel really calm and 
um, you know, that's really supportive of optimal liver function as well, managing your stress levels. Um, and I don't do a lot of enemas, but I do do the occasional enema. It's more of an as-needed um, basis for me now, but also, uh, you know, occasionally I'll do some sort of, you know, I'm always cautious saying the word detox because I think people get really caught up in that, but having a little break for your body, you know, a couple of times a year where you um, focus on having lots of whole foods, be mindful of, you know, any chemicals or pesticides or whatever are coming into your system and um, doing some of these extra supports like, um, you know, coffee enemas and being mindful of having, uh, you know, your bitter foods and bitter greens and those kind of things um, can be really, really helpful as well. So that's kind of an as-needed basis. But if you're, um, you're really in it and you're struggling with that estrogen dominance, then these kind of things might be things that you can do a little more regularly while you're working on that. That's amazing, Fran. I'll, I'll just sum it up to make sure that you're eating close to nature. Make sure you're getting lots of greens. <laughs> make sure you're somewhat alkalining your body. <laughs> and, you know, balancing your blood sugar through food, which is not starving yourself. Um, like, they're really great points. And like you said about stress, like, it's a lifelong process to manage stress. You know, you can't predict your external world and how you're going to relate to that. So all you can do is control how you respond to things. And guess what? It's the same with your, your organs. Every organ in your body is only going to respond to stuff based on how you treat it. So Fran, these are really, really fantastic, um, supportive questions. And I hope that everyone's listening today has got a lot out of it. Um, I love the liver. I could just keep talking about the liver <laughs> for, for ages and you're making me hungry thinking, oh my God, I really should chop off and roast those beetroots in my oven right now. Um, but tell us and our listeners, how can they find you and learn more about you? Because I know that you do, um, virtual consults, you know, so if someone's like, okay, I really want to get a better idea as to like what my, like what food I could be eating to like balance me out. How can they find you? Yeah, absolutely. So the best place is Instagram, which is just my name, Fran Dargaville. Uh, and the link in my Instagram bio has the ability to book a strategy session where we can just basically have a chat about your liver and what is going on for you. Uh, and yeah, just come over and connect with me on Instagram and feel free to send me a message and let me know that you're listening to our podcast. Fran, thank you so much. Let's wrap it up with a final question. Now, because you've already been on the podcast before, I've asked you the question, like what are three guiding tips that you wish you had known about your, about your menstrual cycle? But I'm going to ask you a slightly different question, but for the same age bracket. So think back to your younger teen and tween menstruating self. But, you know, what are three things that you wish you knew about your liver health that you now know today that you didn't know back, you know, in your teenage and early 20 years? Oh, teenage and early 20s. <laughs> yeah, well, just like in, just what you wish you had have known earlier. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, I think that phase of my life definitely would have been the impact of alcohol for sure on my health, my gut health and my liver health, uh, because as many of us did in that age bracket, uh, I was probably drinking a reasonable amount of alcohol and I had no idea about, you know, what was available to me in terms of you know supporting my body to detoxify naturally so I think just having a little bit of awareness of the actual impact of that 
yeah. may have been helpful. Whether or not that would have guided my choices. I was definitely drinking more alcohol and water. Yeah, yeah, totally. Water, what's that? Um, Vodka's water, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, I mean, just being aware of that, I think, um, you know, would have been great. And then also just the role of the basics, like, making hydration a priority and supporting blood sugar levels. I think at that time, for me, everyone around me, including myself, I was just so aware of, um, you know, my body and restricting calories and, um, you know, tracking my macronutrients. I think if I could have just enjoyed focusing on whole foods and made sure I was actually eating enough foods instead of restricting all the time, that would have been very supportive for my liver and my overall health. Oh, all the things we could have known. Oh, well, <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> it's, it, I just want to reiterate that, you know, you're never too old to learn something and you're never too old to reframe your health. I think that's important because I know when I ask these questions about the menstrual cycle in every podcast episode, I'm like, God, yeah, I wish I had have known that too. But I, something I do to like to kind of wrap up the, the whole chat on the liver is something I, I learned when I studied ancestral health is like the regeneration phase of the liver. And like, really they say 90 days, you know, to regenerate the liver. Now that, that may or may not be right in the Western world today, but you know, that just goes to show that, you know, you can restructure your body. And I talk about this all the time in the Wellwood Academy is that you can restructure your cycle experience. You can restructure your emotional response. You can restructure your digestive health. So if you, if you ever hear something, go, God, I wish I had to learn that earlier. Don't let that sabotage you more. <laughs> totally. And I think, you know, any of these things like the estrogen dominance or painful periods or whatever it is, um, you know, so many people can really latch onto that identity and form a whole thing about it. And then they carry that with them for years. But this is just a snapshot in time. You know, if you can support your body's function, you don't have to deal with these things forever. So don't latch onto that, you know, focus on the pillars of health that we've spoken about and you'll get over the hump. It might just take a little bit of time. I love that. You'll get over the hump. I'm going to wrap it up on that because that's like a perfect closing line. Fran, thank you so much for taking the time and joining us again and sharing all about liver health and your insights to really simplifying supporting your liver. Thanks so much for having me. It's been a great chat. Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in to every episode of the Well Women podcast. I trust you enjoyed this episode as much as we did. If you got a lot out of it too, please subscribe and leave a five-star review on iTunes or your podcast app. This means together we can inspire, connect, and educate even more women. Now, is there a bestie, a sister, or a friend who you know may be frustrated and confused with their health? Are they ready to discover new aspects of themselves too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your social media, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to their ears. So together we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our bodies. And be sure to tag me in it too. Hashtag WellWomenPodcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. Until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.